I think it's community. The most rewarding thing in the impact is the community, the people that you meet along the way and their stories. It's so neat to like hear when we do get feedback, even the smallest highs and thank yous and hugs and things like that can change someone's day. It's crazy how many people I've met that are instantly just a part of my life now. Welcome back to Gumption, the podcast that inspires you to become the main character of your own life. I'm Lil, your host, and this week's episode is a very full circle moment. Let me tell you why. When I was recording our 15th episode, which was a solo episode where I reflected on my first year post-graduation and some things I was doing in my life that felt really exciting and like they were giving me a lot of meaning... One thing I was exploring was trying new things, specifically trying new forms of fitness, movement, and working out. And through that process, I discovered my love for indoor cycling. This was something I had never tried before. The fact that I was doing this for gumption encouraged me to try it, and I started going to this local cycling studio called Cyclefly. It didn't take me long going there to notice how prevalent the sense of community was. And even in the summer months when I typically prefer to work out outside, I found myself walking to class a couple miles away and enjoying the beautiful weather and then enjoying a jam-packed, amazing, motivating class. So how cool is it that Melina, the owner and founder of Cyclefly, as well as one of the instructors who I have loved taking class from, is now going to share her story and her business journey on Gumption. I think this little full circle moment is really what Gumption is all about because while I get on this podcast and I make suggestions and recommendations and give you guys ideas for things to do in your life, it really affects me internally as well. Like I try to put these things into practice to make my own life better and to feel like the main character of my own life. And it really works. Like this is just a testament to kind of how that approach and mindset can permeate your life in the best way. One last thing before we jump into the interview itself, an update on merch. You guys, thank you so much for supporting our first ever merch drop. I am thrilled with the amount of people who have bought merch and have been repping it all over town, all over the country, all over the world. It makes me so, so happy. And I wear my sweatshirt like every other day because it's so soft and comfy and adorable. That being said, I am committed to making even cuter merch for you guys in the future so that there is a little something for everybody. Our OG merch collection, the gumption logo sweatshirt and long sleeve and the orange winky face crew neck and long sleeve will only be available through March 1st. These are limited edition, limited quantity. So if you want to be an OG gumption merch collector, you need to order them before March 1st. The link to our merch store lives in our Instagram bio, but I'll also link it in the description of this episode. And because I love you guys, I will give you a little discount. So if you use the code THANKSBESTIE10 at checkout, you will get 10% off your entire order. And if you missed this drop, don't worry. We'll have more super cool, super different merch in the future. Now let's get into Welcome the Welcome to Gumption. I'm so excited to have you, Melina. Thanks. Would love you to just introduce yourself however you feel called to and whatever you want to share with the Gumption listeners about yourself to get us started here. Sure. So my name is Melina. Um, I own an indoor cycling studio in Lakewood called Cyclefly. 
I am a female business owner. I live in Cleveland with my husband and our two dogs. And, you know, that's pretty much about it. Nothing too crazy. Just your average girl still trying to figure it out. <laughs> that's kind of the whole vibe here at Gumption, especially from my perspective. I love talking to people and just hearing their stories because it helps me figure out what's going on in my life too. So I love that. Yeah. Also, your dogs are so cute. I always see them on your Instagram and I'm like... I'm obsessed. Thank you. I had them in the back room actually. And then I ended up putting them upstairs because they were barking. So I apologize if you hear them struggling. <laughs> All good. They can be like background. Yeah. Background that's how they are. <laughs> what is your background? What have you done in your career that kind of led you to this place right now of being a female business owner? Yeah. So I can go way back probably. As far back as you want to go. Just whatever <laughs> you want to share. Okay, yeah. So I grew up in Lake Milton, Ohio. I don't know if you know where that is, but every time I tell people where it's at, I nobody knows. So I always just say like <laughs> Youngstown, like towards Youngstown, very small town in Youngstown. And I was going to school at the time and I became a dental assistant. That's kind of how I started out. I always knew that I wanted to be my own boss. It just never, you kind of grow up and then you're young and then you try to like figure out what you want to do in life. And you're like, I'll oh, just do this. So I picked something and went with it, still not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. And then I kind of just like did really well at it. Right. So I moved up the chains. I became an office manager. I became a regional manager. I moved to Cleveland after my grandparents passed and the company that I worked for just transferred me up here. So I kind of kept this job for a really long time. It was like nine years of being in the dental industry and I became the director a specialty at a company and reaching the top, starting from the bottom, there was still something always missing, I guess. And I wasn't really sure what it was. I'm like, oh, like I have a good job. It's not really where I want to be. I'm not happy with it, but it's a good job. Right. So long story short, my husband has always had hobbies. If you know, Bob, he literally is the king of hobbies from motorcycles to fishing. He picks up a new hobby every five years and he excels at it. And I don't ever have any hobbies. Like, like I just kind of have always been that person that whatever he was doing, I would attach myself to it and be like, Oh, he's in a motorcycle. So maybe I'll, I'll try to get into that so we could be closer. <laughs> so I remember the one day I kind of had like a breakdown. I was like, I need to find something for me. Like we moved to Cleveland and I still didn't have that many friends up here. All of my friends lived back in Youngstown. When we came up here, we started doing little things like volleyball and I liked it. But then I, I don't know what, I literally couldn't even tell you why I wanted to do a cycling class. I'm like, I just want to do cycling. And he's like, just go ahead. I'm not going with you. <laughs> so I went to a few cycling classes and then instantly became attached like right after I got engaged, he was like, that's all you want to do is just cycle. I'm like, yeah, like I got to get ready for the wedding. Like, you know, this is what I want to do. So I cycled five, six times a week, different studios all the time. Then it came back down to like, I want this in my life because it makes me so happy and I feel so much better doing it. And it's something that I've done that nobody coaxed me into doing. Like I wanted to do this. And that was the first time in my life I've ever felt that. I wanted to do something for me. I have all this experience in business over like nine years of experience running businesses and things like that. I'm like, let's just run the numbers. Let's see what it would be like to do this on my own because I still want to find my own place. And that's kind of how it started. 
That is so cool because I'm very interested in hearing how people, I guess, get to their hobbies because some, they come to you from your family and others you just stumble into like that. And so I love, especially when it comes to working out, just hearing how people found what really interests them and what they really like. It's such a hard thing to do as a young adult. You kind of get out of school and are working and then you have no time, it feels like. So it's, it's very important. And I love that you kind of found it that way. Yeah. And like fitness is never something that I was interested in either. It's like, even when I was in school, like I would hit up the gym with my friends just to say that I went, but it was never like, oh, I like, I want to do this for me. I was going to ask you about that too. Cause I feel like a lot of people that are an owner of a fitness business or something are like super passionate about fitness itself. So it's cool that you approached it from a hobby perspective. Cause I think that definitely comes through in the atmosphere of cycle fly. It's not so intense like some of these other places are and that for me at least was a really nice thing as someone who had like never cycled before when I tried cycling going off of what you said about going to all these different studios what was one thing that you found either was missing or something that you just really loved about comparing these different places that helped you build the idea of what cycle fly was going to be someday I think it all goes based off of like community for me I think just the community feel like one thing that sets us apart from other places is how we celebrate our riders, right? How we make them feel seen and welcome and heard. And that was something that I felt like I was missing. I also, so there's different types of riding. I like definitely favored dark room rhythmic riding. Yeah. Versus like numbers or metrics. Not to say that that's good or bad. It's just something that I liked most. So I'm like, okay, I want this, but I also want this type of community and this type of feel. And I feel like this would really just set us apart. Yeah. And I guess for anyone who hasn't been to a cycling class, like how would you explain kind of what you guys do at Cyclefly? Because obviously I've been to a class, I've been to many (laughs) classes now, so I'm like, I'm picturing it in my head, but it wasn't what I thought a cycling class would be like when I first went. So how would you explain it? We're dark room rhythmic. So if you've ever been to like a soul cycle, something like that, basically we ride with the lights off, candles and we just ride to the beat of the music. So all the instructors curate playlists and we kind of take you through this entire experience from beginning to end with our playlists using resistance weights. And it ends up being a full body workout and like a dance party on the bike. That's such a good way to say it. It is totally a dance party. And I feel like <laughs> every time I'm literally at like my peak dying, then a good song comes on and I'm just like, yes, okay, I'm ready to go. And shout out to the instructors because I think that's really the best way to motivate someone when they're like about to pass out Loki. So throughout your journey of starting this business, what was the most challenging thing that you came across when you were trying to get off the ground in the initial days of Cyclefly, which just had its third birthday, by the way, gumption listeners. (laughs) Yes, third birthday. There's obviously so many challenges. Some of the biggest ones that we, or like myself as a business owner have run into is just finding ways to stay relevant within the market with social media, just trying to constantly innovate and push forward to to keep things going. It's also really hard when you have to make big decisions, right? So like when you have to make a decision on anything, if it's finances, if it's staffing, if it's schedule, those are really big decisions because you're not just making it for yourself, you're making it for the entire team and the community. 
So those are some of the bigger things that are challenging for me. I appreciate that because I think a lot of people, myself included, haven't owned like a a brick and mortar business. I've done online stuff with an art store, but it's so different when you have like a physical space that people are coming to. I just can see how it would be a lot of extra like stress, but also super rewarding. So I guess on the flip side of that question, what has been the most rewarding thing about CycleFly? Like, how have you seen the impact? Altogether, I think it's community. The most rewarding thing and the impact is the community. The people that you meet along the way and their stories and how you don't really, you know, how we've touched someone or affected their lives in any way. And it's so neat to like hear when we do get feedback, not all the time do we get it, but when we do get it, even the smallest highs and thank yous and hugs and things like that can change someone's day. But I've met so many people throughout the last three years in this journey. Like it's crazy how many people I've met that are instantly just a part of my life now. Talking about staying relevant, you kind of touched on this already, but just like as far as the cycling space goes in general, how do you set yourselves apart from two things? These more chain-based cycling places that pop up in a lot of different cities and you can find one wherever or other local cycling communities because there's plenty of those as well as far as what I've seen. I think the biggest thing is not making it about us and making it more personal to the rider. And it all goes Mm -hmm. back to the community aspect of everything. We are one of the leaders in the market for celebrating our riders, like their birthdays and milestones. Like that was something that in the past I haven't seen at other places. I know some of the chains do do that, but making people feel seen and welcome is very important in our personality. Like how we don't take things too seriously, how it's, it's always more than just a workout for us too. Kind of a pivot here, but this is something I've been curious about because when I come to the cycle fly classes, I'm always very impressed by how the instructors are speaking while they're riding, which it can't be easy. So yep. do you have to physically train to do that? Or does it just come naturally once you've done enough cycling? Like, tell me a little bit more about that. Honestly, don't know. Like, I feel like, yeah, maybe it just comes naturally. In the beginning, I know even when we're training new instructors and things like that, you are very breathy. <laughs> it just happens. And then we, we kind of get feedback like, yeah, you're being a little breathy today. Or like, we can, we can feel that. It's more or less just once you get used to talking while you're working out, And then you start pulling the mic away from your face a little bit more. Like you start learning the little quirks and things like that, that fits you best. So then you're not as breathy. You're still like, believe me, I'm out of breath, but like (laughs) my mic's so far away that maybe you can't hear it at that point. Or if like, it's not really time for me to talk, I'm going to pull it away because I don't want you to hear just my breath. (laughs) That's interesting. I mean, it is an intense, it's an intense (laughs) workout. And I'm usually like, I can't even speak by the end of the class. I'm like, I just have to say bye and then like go home and lay on the couch because it's awesome. And something I really like, just a personal note, as a former dancer, I actually found Cycle Fly because I wanted to try new forms of working out. I'd really only ever danced throughout my entire childhood and teen years. And then I ran a little bit, but I don't consider myself a runner. I don't love running. So I was like, I want to try something low impact and a little different. And when I moved to Lakewood last February, we would drive past Cycle Fly all the time. So I was trying to decide if I wanted to show up and Just from the Instagram and the website, it seemed so accessible and fun. I've been, I don't even know how many times since because it's a blast, but for a former dancer, it's fun because there's like choreography a little bit and it's nothing too difficult, but it's fun to take your mind off the actual action of cycling and 
put your arms to work. It's just a cool addition to the class, I think. Yeah, it's definitely like the best of both worlds that you just said, cardio, running and dancing at the same time, but just on a bike. So it's like, literally, that's exactly what it is. It's fun too, because I love to work out to music. Do you have a hype up routine that you do for yourself before you teach a class? Or I mean, you're probably a pro at this point, but I want to hear about how you get yourself hyped up and motivated to motivate the rest of the room. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's, I kind of do the same thing every day and everybody has their own way of getting ready for class. I always love to run through my playlist before class. Like if I were to teach morning classes, which I have, like if it's scheduled at 6am, I'm up there at 5am listening to my playlist because I want to be awake and I want to know what's going on. So I didn't sleep through the night and forget what I was going to like program for the day. So my biggest thing is like, I always get to the studio early. So you always see me there way in advance for my class. And I'm always listening to my playlist before. And usually the music kind of gets me where I need to be. And that's pretty much it. Like when you're up there, everything else that you're thinking about is out the door and it's just you in the class. And then it just happens. <laughs> it's kind of like being on stage. I mean, that's how I used to feel when I would perform. You almost have like a blackout moment before you go in and then you're just like so in the zone. That's really interesting that it's kind of a similar experience. Also, I just love the idea to be showing up early and being prepared because I've learned throughout like my career and just random things in life. I do not do well if I get there right before I'm supposed to do something. Even if I've practiced and I'm prepared, you just get a little nervous and it kind of throws you off your game. So I like the thought of like, just get there early, run through it, do a practice run, and then you'll be good to go. Yeah, for sure. I have some anxiety. Even to this day, I've taught so many classes. I still get anxious if I'm trying something new or maybe the song's not right and I'm not sure if the song's going to hit right or not. But yeah, that's kind of why I'm like forcefully, and I'm a procrastinator at best. So like, I'm going to wait to the last minute for everything. But like, for some reason with my classes, I'm like, oh my God, if I don't get there early, I'm going to embarrass myself. (laughs) Avoiding embarrassment is sometimes a good motivation. (laughs) I like that. What is a piece of advice that you would give to other business owners, specifically like other women business owners? in the fitness space or just in general, but like, what's something that you wish you knew when you got started with CycleFly? Ooh. Okay. I would say to have a little grace with yourself. A lot of it's hard. Most of it's hard. A lot of the decisions that you're going to have to make are hard. And sometimes you get down on yourself about them because you're not sure if they're the right decisions. Should we remodel? Should we do this? Should we do that? Because again, it doesn't just affect me as a business owner. It affects everyone. It affects my staff. It affects the community that comes to my place of business. So just to give yourself a little patience, a little kindness, and to just reflect and be like, you know, even if this isn't the right decision, just commit to it. This is the decision that you chose and to just put one foot in front of the other and keep pushing forward. Eventually things will fall into place and time heals everything. I like that. And even with the remodel, I mean, I remember that week you guys had such a great idea to partner with other businesses in Lakewood and do a Pilates class or a group walk. And it really does acknowledge that community and make sure no one feels like we forgot about you guys. And I thought that was a super cool way to approach it. Yeah. And that was really important to us during that time too, because initially we were only supposed to be closed for a week. Again, the challenge is to stay relevant. Like, right. We want to still be around, even if we're not around, we still want to offer you that community, that feeling if we're not around. So exactly what you were saying. So we partnered with like Hope Yoga. We partnered with 54 Wellness, my friend Olivia, who does the walk clubs. So we did all those things 
And then we ended up finding out that due to permitting and construction and things like that, we were shut down for another week. You go back to it, you're like, okay, well, finances only said that it was okay to close for a week. So here we are, we have another week, we have to make these decisions. And like, now my staff's out of work for an extra week. Like there's all these different things that you're running through and you're like, okay, sit back. Like you're doing everything you can. As a business owner, I'm doing everything I can. And at the end of the day, we're all going to go to the same place. Cyclefly will be renovated. We will be happy. We'll move forward. And that's kind of where I was getting at with like, you're going to get overwhelmed and there's going to be times where you're going to get overwhelmed, but taking a couple seconds for yourself just to be like, it's okay. Like breathe. (laughs) You might do your research and know to a certain degree what it's going to entail, but then you can never know like the whole scope of it until you're in it. And you just have to make those decisions in real time. So I think it's inspiring to be like, Hey, it's not going to be easy, but it'll be okay. If you just trust your gut and make informed decisions. This is kind of like a weird question, but I guess I'm thinking of myself before I had ever been to a cycling class. I know how to bike. I think most people do, but like, I don't particularly love actually biking. Maybe it's because I went on vacation with my friend a few years ago and her family is like huge into biking and they made me bike like 20 miles. And I was just like, I cannot do this in the 90 degree (laughs) weather. Cycling on a stationary bike is so, so, so different than being on a road bike from the technical standpoint of cycling what does it work out as opposed to going on a regular bike ride I think for me it's like obviously you're working out your legs in cycling class but I think it's the elements like in a cycling class you get to decide how much you're doing or how much resistance you're adding and things like that when you're outside riding an actual bicycle which I still love to do that like I've done longer trips before and things like that but you're battling the weather too So your breathing is going to be a lot different than it is if it was in a controlled environment or in a room. You don't know what kind of road it's going to be. So maybe it's crazier. I don't know. So you're working out different things, straining different parts of your body when you're on an actual bicycle versus one that's kind of set up, ready to go in a controlled environment where you get to control the resistance and things like that. Maybe that's why I like cycling a lot more. I'm kind of a control freak. So I like being able to know, okay, I'm not going to be stuck in a thunderstorm, which also has happened to me before on a regular bike. Like, (laughs) you know, would rather be in my nice little bike 13 in the cycle fly studio. Like that's just perfect. Listening to Drake. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Speaking of Drake slash playlists, you said that all the instructors curate their own playlists for the classes. How do you guys manage finding songs you like, songs you think the writers will like that are popular? Like, how does that all work? So everybody has their own taste. Everyone does it completely differently. We use different websites to find our music, but for me, it's music research. Like it could take hours. I get so used to it now where I'm just like sitting on the couch and I open Spotify and I just start scrolling. Or I start going on Instagram or I start going on different sites to just find different types of music or like, hey, I'm I'm thinking of Post Malone today. Let me go online and see what remixes he has. Maybe it's this song I'm looking for. And like, you kind of just start and then you go down a rabbit hole and like, this song has a radio. So you click on the radio and then there's more songs. (laughs) It can become a big rabbit hole that you just like start looking into all these different songs. Do you have to find specific beats per minute? Do you seek those out based on the speed of whatever activity you're going to be doing at that point in the class? Yeah. We have a framework that we follow. We warm up, we go up the hill, we go down the hill, we flush it out, we do arms. So it is a full body workout. When I'm doing my music research, I'll take out my phone. I have the BPM app. So you just kind of hit your finger on it. (laughs) Over time, you kind of have an idea of what it is before you even need to use the app. But like I find music and then I start throwing them into categories on my computer. Like, okay, so these are warmups. 
these are hills, these are go homes, these are arm songs. So you start categorizing it. So when you go to make your final playlist, it's pretty easy to just like pull from what you have and kind of organize it that way. I personally love making playlists. I have hundreds of playlists on Spotify. So I was interested in asking about that because that sounds like a fun responsibility being a, a fitness class instructor. What was a time in your life or a moment that you feel you really exhibited gumption? There's so many times I'm trying to figure out which one would do it. It's probably signing my lease for the building. When I was initially starting my small business plan, it was like a cork board in my office with sticky notes and my husband laughing like, okay, you're going to open a cycling studio. And then reaching out to the Women's Business Center downtown and different people. So having the gumption, the courage to keep going forward and like finding different avenues. Like these people aren't going to help me finance. I remember when I was signing my lease for the building, I was like, okay, so when I sign this, it's real. It's real now. Now this building is going to be my space and I really got a staff and this is like an actual thing now. That's probably the story, the initial, but again, it happens all the time, right? So like any decision that you end up having to make with your business you just have to have courage with it. I love that that was the one that you chose out of all the different ones because I feel like it's kind of an analogy that that keeps happening. Like you signed the lease for the physical space and now there's a community there that keeps leading to more and more of these moments. When you keep saying, just kind of keep pushing forward and just close your eyes, it reminds me of the end of cycle fly class because we get to that point where you're really struggling, the resistance is high and it's like, okay, close your eyes and just like, cycle and I mean you guys say it much more eloquently than I just did but <laughs> like that's the part that gets me because I'm always labored breaths tired and just closing my eyes and being like okay I'm doing this for me even some days if the motivation is like I paid for this class already like I need to <laughs> give it my all whatever yeah you know I just think that's awesome thank you yeah it's it's been a wild ride I'm happy to be here And there you have it, folks. That was episode number 29. And I want to thank Melina so much for being on the pod because she is a very busy gal. I always see her running around and she is an entrepreneur and a business owner, as you've heard. So I just extra appreciate her time being on the show and sharing her little secrets and wisdoms to starting CycleFly and creating such a lovely local community whose reach is immeasurable. And as always, thank you to the Gumption listeners. If you have listened to this point, I just love you so much. And I always, always love to hear your feedback on the episodes. If you're listening on Spotify, use the interact feature and you can like comment on the episode based on the specific question that I put up there. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at gumptionpod for episode announcements, updates, giveaways, one of which I'm planning right now, (laughs) and amazing vibes. Remember, the last day to get your OG Gumption merch is March 1st, so I will link that in our stories, Instagram bio, and this episode description. That's it for now. I'm your host, Lil, and I'm signing off. Love you guys. Bye.